Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of the American Dry Cleaner podcast. I'm your host, Dave Davis, editor of American Dry Cleaner magazine. Joining me today for what it takes to create a dry cleaning plant is John Simon, owner of Parkway Custom Dry Cleaning, located in the Washington, D.C. area. Last year, John moved his business and created a state-of-the-art store and plant, and today he'll share the steps he took to make the move as smooth as possible, the thoughts behind the decisions he made, and his advice to dry cleaners who might be contemplating such a move. John, welcome to our show. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. Great to be here. John, you've recently built a new plant and moved your business. Can you describe your journey for us? Why did you move, and why did you decide to build a new facility? Sure. And I'll first just... uh correct you on the building of a new facility. I, I certainly renovated an existing facility, so it was not a ground up, mm-hmm. which would have additional challenges. Right. But we gutted out a, about a 10,000 square foot building, and it was completely built except for the floors, exterior walls, and, and roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to move because uh, of a rezoning in the current space, which we had been at for about 50 years. So we didn't want to move. We were in a great retail <laughs> zoned area that we were grandfathered in. We had to move to an industrial zone because of a change in the county laws. But I was basically forced out. The landlord, he, he wanted to redevelop this with a developer. Mm-hmm. And we came to an agreement that if I found a building that I could buy, then I could give him six months notice to move. And uh, if he found a developer with a signed contract to redevelop the property, then he could give me a one-year notice, and I would have to be moved. I, I, I was aggressively then looking for space because I didn't want to have my hand forced and be in a situation where I have to get out, and gosh, there's nothing available to buy, and even the lease options are not great at the moment. Uh-huh. Luckily, I was able to find one. It took me a while. And, of course, everybody knows if you can afford to own, it's just great because you're building additional equity. And later, when you go to sell, you can either sell the whole thing so that new owner can control their own destiny. Mm -hmm. You presumably got appreciation on that property. Or you can retain that rental income as ongoing income down the road and, and continue to be the landlord. Right. So, John, if you were speaking to someone who is just at the beginning of the planning stages of starting a new plant, what would you tell them to focus on initially? Well, I would do a very careful assessment of what they want this new building to do, what this will accomplish for them that their current situation is not. Again, their hand might be forced. They've got to move. They might want to basically replicate what they have, but they they need to really understand maybe what's not working well in their current facility. I would do as much as I could in terms of a full plant layout uh, schematic drawing beforehand to get a sense of how many square feet Mm-hmm. And whether they need special uh, other situations, you know, are they going to have a store with the plant or, you know, we put in a climate controlled storage facility. I needed to accommodate that. We do a lot of drape and upholstery cleaning and I needed room. We were very squeezed in my old building for that. Right. And uh, we needed a lot of parking. We had we had at the time about 30 employees mm-hmm. that whether you needed to be near public transportation. I, and I, I'll just clarify, are you talking about new plant primary or plant slash store, because that makes a big difference as far as location. If I were just looking for a plant, mm-hmm. you know, that would potentially uh, allow me to be located in other areas that weren't, quite frankly, anywhere near as expensive right. as something right. that you wanted a retail location with great visibility right. uh, and access. So, um, you know, understand your business, understand where you're going, what your goals are, where do you want to be in five years, 
and make sure that you've accommodated for that in your search. Okay, so say we've built our new plant and we're ready to move our operations. John, what steps would you suggest to take to streamline that process of moving from the old to the new? Well, it is a, a real jigsaw puzzle, <laughs> and I've uh, uh, you. And, but it's not your average jigsaw puzzle. Let's say your average jigsaw puzzle is you got a hundred pieces. Let's right. say a small puzzle. Right. Um, you can build the borders. You can find. Oh, I see some reds here, and you can you could do it in whatever order you want. In this case, you pretty much need to do piece one, piece two, piece three, and you you need to lay this out extremely carefully in terms of what you're doing. Your contractors line them up well in advance. Your permitting is critical. Of course, I did this over COVID, which won't right. be a challenge for most people. So we had much more lengthy delays in uh, getting certain permits, getting certain inspections later. Um, make sure that you have built in as much flexibility as you can in your current location so you're not squeezed. You have to give them some notice, but if they say, okay, you're out in six months and you have some delays that you aren't expecting, mm -hmm. uh, you could be really in trouble. You don't want the current landlord to throw you out in the street per se, or, <laughs> or you might have to pay you know, double rent. Uh, you might have something in your lease that says if you're not out, then you're going to have penalties, et cetera. So just do a lot of planning and kind of understand timing and schedule this out as much as you can in advance before you really say go to your current landlord, um, mm. to whatever it is that you're going to be possibly under a ticking time clock. Yes, once that clock starts ticking, it doesn't stop. Does it? <laughs> right. And I'll add another thing. You have to evaluate what you're moving. Are you moving everything? Mm -hmm. What's the condition of your equipment? If you have an old boiler, maybe you don't want to put a new one. Maybe you want to build in redundancy that you um, didn't have at your current plant. I had a, a chiller. Uh, I put in a cooling tower. Uh, we didn't want to move the chiller because it was old. Uh, I, have, I, I put in a couple new presses uh, because a couple of my older presses were really at true end of life, and I didn't want to pay mm. to move them and then deal with the continual repair situation that I was dealing with at the old place. Right. And all that. So you got to go department to by department, really station by station mm -hmm. and and uh, really lay it all out. Yeah. If there's any time to start fresh, this would be it, wouldn't it? When you have to move everything. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. So when a dry cleaner moves, uh, how can they minimize losing their customer base while trying to gain a new one at the new location? What steps work for you to maintain that? I get I had one one location only, one store, one plant. We're mostly a route-driven company, so we had a bit of a crossover. We mm -hmm. did have about, it was somewhere between 10 and 14 days of true downtime in terms of no plant production. We right. kept our old store open, and then we had a couple of weeks of co-operating the old store and the new, because mm -hmm. we were moving close enough where I wanted to turn off the old store. Some people might say, I'm going to leave that old store location and add a new location. That will be different. For us, we were literally turning out the lights in the old store at some point and moving everything, and, and you had to be very careful. Now, uh, I have about three-quarters of my business is, is the pickup and delivery, so those customers you know, would not be impacted by not physically right. being able to have to move. However, right. we had about two weeks of no production. We alerted them well in advance, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've got a big move. We had been in this location for about 50 years. So
So, you know, for everybody's <laughs> generally every customer we've ever dealt dealt with has only dealt with this one other location. Right. Um, but we let the people know, especially the route people, that there was going to be an in- interruption of service that I actually did wind up working with another local cleaner colleague of mine and for certain we do uniforms for a few businesses that they couldn't even live with a two week delay because right. they don't uh-huh. didn't have that much so we we arranged for this other cleaner to handle that business for us. They did the cleaning. I compensated him for that. We mm-hmm. we dropped off up there. We picked up up there. So that was a few institutional accounts that I was able to do. And I and I let other customers know, if you absolutely, absolutely have to have something back, we will figure out a way. I, I did mm-hmm. not let them know that I was actually outsourcing any of this. Right. Um, so there were a couple customers that had to have something back. So you've got to alert your customer base, and then, and I will say this: you're hoping to only be down a week. We wound up being down closer to two weeks. Mm-hmm. So we had to actually, you know, <laughs> recommunicate to our customers. It's going to take a little longer right. than uh, expected. Most people were fine with it because you know they have several shirts, they have several pants. If they've worn something, they aren't necessarily rushing to wear it immediately again anyway. Mm-hmm. So most people were understanding and, you know, knew that this was kind of a once in a lifetime kind of a situation. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, John, what are some of the advantages you see of creating a new plant over retrofitting an existing plant? And are there any drawbacks to building new? The advantages are you can lay it out. You know, if you had some kind of institutional inefficient layout in your old place because of the shape of the building or whatever it might be, you know, you can kind of start from scratch, hopefully, depending on what the footprint of your new building is. A mine is just a giant rectangle. So, uh, you know, we uh, had great advantages because we really built this to our current business. I think the, the plant that I, you know, when I bought the business was a plant that was kind of modified as you could when the business kind of changed. For example, drape cleaning was a very small part of our business when I bought it. It became a much larger part. We still had a very Mm -hmm. small department because we just didn't have any space to do it elsewhere. We were sometimes cleaning things outside on Mm -hmm. on nice days or hang drying them uh, when it was nice days. (laughs) Here we were able to build a whole area with proper rails. We have a a really great staging Mm -hmm. area for our route drivers where we have different routes on different rails. We didn't have that luxury uh, in the old building. We have much better air handling in this building than we were able to have. We have about 20-foot ceilings here. There we have Mm -hmm. about 14. So we we have much more airflow, and it's a much Mm -hmm. more pleasant, well-lit environment. Um, Obviously, the only drawback building new or retrofitting is the cost. It's clearly... (laughs) extremely expensive right. uh, to move everything you have, especially if you're going to be retiring some things. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one piece of equipment we were hoping to bring here that just didn't make the move. It was that old that it kind of fell apart, uh, even on the rigging truck. Right. So we had to replace it. You don't always know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's no question this is a very significant expense. But that said, you're if you give a long view on this, Mm-hmm. You know, we're, for example, I have much lower utility bills here, I guess, because we have some, for, for, first of all, more efficient, newer equipment for what that, that we've replaced. Right. And I had old lighting in the old, old store. We had already updated it some, but it was still kind of outdated. 
the cooling tower is significantly more efficient than the chiller I was using. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm paying well over a thousand dollars less per month in electric, for example. Yeah, that's great. Okay, and the realtors say that the three most important things are location, location, location. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> what factors should a cleaner look for when deciding on a location for their plan? Right. Well, again, if you're going to have your store or a store there, that is really critical. Traffic flow, what kind of left turn can can come in? Uh, you know, are you in a visible street, et cetera? Mm-hmm. I could have saved well over a million dollars in moving to a back road, side road within a mile of here, but it wouldn't have any visibility. And we are kind of a destination plant because we're a higher price point plant, higher quality, and people will drive to us. But that said, if I'm in a back area, maybe I'd lose some that way. And of course, I could pick up more by the drive-bys. Also, again, if I had to consider location for my route business, what was it going to do to where my drivers were going to need to go, how much farther drive might they have if I have to move out further, which I had to do. And clearly for employees, I had to be in an area that was uh, convenient for my employees because I certainly wasn't going to try to hire in a whole new staff in a new area. So I was limited somewhat to a certain radius. Again, are you on a bus line or a metro line? If a lot of your employees are currently taking public transportation, you've got to not go somewhere where they'd have to drive. They're not half of them probably can't drive or don't have a car or the ability to get a car. So you've got to really think about all those factors. Okay. And there's always surprises when there's a major uh, undertaking like this. So what surprises did you come across when you were building your plant? Other than the surprise of COVID, the biggest surprise with that was uh, supply chain issues and not right. getting uh, glass, for example. And of course, you can't get inspected and approved till you get everything done. Right. Um, that said, even with uh, a non-COVID environment, there are probably going to be surprises when those inspectors come in. Those county inspectors, I won't say to find things that are not right, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but they're doing these jobs for a reason. I don't think that they generally get real excited about just giving a green light, going through casually. Of course, you know they have a responsibility too. And if God forbid, structurally something happened that they didn't pick up on when somebody potentially built something in a less than to code. Uh, manner, there could be significant lawsuits. So they're clearly, you know, looking at safety. You're just going to have delays. You're going to have, even without COVID, some supplier, you know, maybe they, they ordered wrong or they, the size of the, some of the windows that came in were not correct. They had to get reordered. It puts you back four weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you just got to expect, I'd build in, as I say, a lot of flexibility if you're physically moving, and especially if you're going to be down uh, with your plant. So you got to roll with the punches sometimes, don't you? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, and this, we know why you uh, moved, but just get your opinion on uh, when a cleaner is operating in their old plant, what are some signs they should consider either renovating their existing plant or moving to a new one? What are some reasons they should uh, take to make that jump? Well, one is that they're just physically running out of space. I mean, if they literally are just so inefficient because they're tripping over clothes, they can't store enough clothes, uh, can't process them efficiently, uh, they can't move the clothes around. So there's that piece of it. I mean, that's probably the most significant one. If, they, if the space 
uh, can accommodate them. Obviously, with the changing world and, and work habits, uh, many cleaners uh, who have remained in business have less volume now, and mm-hmm. we all wonder if we're going to return to the to earlier levels. So it might be that what you what six thousand square feet before was a squeeze. Well, maybe it's just fine now because you could actually downsize, and you got to think about that too. Maybe you could operate in half the capacity. Well, that might be a reason to move too because maybe mm-hmm. you don't want to pay for extra for an extra three thousand square feet anymore that you don't need. Right. So you got to look at your overall cost of occupancy. And that leads me to the next question. Uh, John, what are some steps you believe cleaners should take to future-proof their new plants so it serves them well uh, over the years to come? Well, to the extent you can afford to potentially take on a little more space than you can even envision now, it gives you that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Worst case is you may be able to sublet it if it's your space, or even your, your lease may be able to let you sublease it. So if you wind up uh, maybe you take a bigger space, take 8,000, you only need five right now, and you can sublet the other three mm-hmm. to give you that room later on. But you don't, you, believe me, if you move once, you never want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and John, for our final spin question, what one idea would you like to leave our listeners with today when it comes to creating a new dry cleaning plant? I guess I would say try to do your best, especially on the finished areas, mm-hmm. the offices, the store Give yourself a budget to cause you to be excited to come in. Mm. You know, I really love our space. We did a a nice job in the finishes. Um, I didn't go crazy Mm -hmm. overboard. And you can do some very inexpensive things with the LVT plank wood floor thing right now. We opened up. We actually blew through a very low uh, roof line storefront and took out what was a second story and, and made it a much more dramatic store area to be kind of like a two-story area to really give it some drama and just a really nice space for our staff, our customers, our seamstresses to work in. We've got a lot of light. We replace the windows. Just just think about that. I mean, you know, these are things that have a very difficult ROI or difficult to quantify mm-hmm. that, but there's something to quality of life and, you know, even attracting people to come to work in a space that they feel proud to be in. Well, thanks, John. That's a lot of great information about creating a new dry cleaning plant and your experiences. We thank you for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Our guest today has been John Simon, owner of Parkway Custom Dry Cleaning, located in the Washington, D.C. area. The American Dry Cleaner podcast is produced by American Trade Magazines, LLC, Chicago. The music for this podcast, Brand New Day, is by Alavero Angeloro and provided by HookSounds.com. Our podcasts are available free at our website, AmericanDryCleaner.com, and you can consult our weekly e-newsletter, The Wire, to learn more about future episodes. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about the podcast, along with news and information from around the industry. For the American Dry Cleaner Podcast, this is Dave Davis, and I'll see you at the front counter again soon.